You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of Car Seat Questions. We are joined today by Melissa Hannigan, and we're going to be talking about kids and the family of God and our families of origin. Melissa, thanks so much for being here with us. Could you share with us a little bit about you, about your family, and about your book, your new book? Yes. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I love the concept of Car Seat Questions. I'm a mom of four, so my husband and I have been married for almost 18 years. And we have uh, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an 8-year-old. <laughs> I got it right. Sometimes I get, <laughs> I get their ages messed they, up. Ages change so often. It's hard to keep <laughs> up. Yes. Well, they're summer birthdays, so they're getting ready to like bump up, you know, yes. but we haven't got there yet. Um, and so, yeah, my husband, John, is executive director for Celebrate Kids, and um, I got to know Dr. Kathy Cook, and so that's kind of, she has been such a, a mentor to me, mm. um, but we started homeschooling several years ago and that's kind of what connected us with Dr. Kathy. Um, we just have learned so much as a family over the last several years. And so I was excited to share that I got an opportunity to write a book and, um, share some of the things that God has touched, taught our family and blessed our family. Um, and so I'm excited to share some of that with other families. You know, I'm not a parenting expert by any means. Dr. Kathy holds that title. <laughs> I'm just a mom in the trenches, figuring it out as I go by the grace of God. Um, but I get to share some of our funny, silly, serious stories, um, in my new book. And I'm excited to share some of that with you guys today. Yeah. Thank you. So in your new book, you give, 12 qualities. Is that right? 12 qualities are like key yes. ingredients to building your home. Can you share just some of those with us? Maybe like what your hope and goals are for this book for families? Okay. Yeah. So first of all, can I tell you how I came across these 12 yeah. qualities? It's kind of a, a crazy God story, right? So back in 2020, Dr. Kathy asked me if I was familiar with these 12 genius qualities is what they were mm. called. This researcher in the education field um, identified these 12 qualities that he believed if we could bring them into a classroom, our kids could have the best potential to thrive as geniuses. Um, and so this was right as COVID hit and we were already homeschooling, but I felt like we were stuck in the house and I was desperate for some fresh ideas mm -hmm. and some inspiration. And so I dove, dove into this idea of these 12 qualities. And as I studied them, I realized it was so much more than education. Um, the researcher that identified them, he is not a Christian, so he didn't come from a biblical worldview. But as I read about them, I thought, man, these are all things that God has gifted to us and to our kids. And it's for so much more than just for them to learn and grow, but really to experience abundant life. And so mm -hmm. a lot of them are things that as parents, we would all say, yeah, we want that for our kids. Creativity, um, imagination, playfulness, uh, wonder, wisdom, were all these things that I'm like, yes, I want this for my kids. Yes, I want to prioritize this in our homes. But I realized for myself as a mom, I wasn't always making time for these things. And I figured that I probably wasn't alone in getting caught up in the 
busyness of life and the hustle and bustle of things that we just lose sight of the big picture. Um, and so I was excited to really dive into this and um, make it a priority in our home. And so I talk about in the book kind of some of the big changes that happened and how my husband was kind of like, it took him a little bit to get on board, to be honest, because there's a lot more messes, a lot more yeses that I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm not the fun mom. My husband is the fun parent. I'm like the serious, <laughs> get things done. I feel like there's one of each, right? Oh, yeah. In every relationship. Yeah, I'm not sure which one I am. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when they're little, it's harder. It's yeah. easier when they get bigger. Um, to kind of identify. I'm the one that's like, let's get the chores done. Let's get the school done. Mm-hmm. And he's the silly, playful one. And so that quality was really convicting for me because I realized that playfulness is a gift from God. He wants us mm-hmm. to enjoy abundant life. Um, and so when I was squashing that, I was minimizing a gift of my kids that was naturally, you know, happening for them. So anyways, it's it's it was a labor of love. Again, I I'm still in shock that God has allowed me to write this book. You know, I, I humbled by the fact that I get to share uh, my experiences with your listeners and with my readers. It's, it's just so exciting and to God be the glory, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's really cool is the title of the book. Mm -hmm. So like, how did the title, well, did you, well, did you, did you have a say in the title? Cause I, (laughs) cause I know during like the editorial process, it's sometimes, Um, not always a, um, an easy process in terms of titling, but, uh, did you, did you like work with an editor and coming up with this title? Because, um, uh, kind of like how we talked about before the show, um, I work with translation licensing with Moody publishers. And when, when our clients read this title, they're immediately intrigued about mm, what is this book about? Because it's not a typical, uh, like title for Mm-hmm. you know, any kind of like a parenting style book. Um, so yeah, where did this uh, title, Inconvenient Parenting, come That's from? That's a great question. Um, yes, I have learned so much about the editing process through writing this book. I mean, if you don't haven't gone through it, you have no idea what goes on. Um, but yes, I definitely got to say so in the title. And I'll have to say my husband was really the the one that coined the term mm-hmm. in a conversation that we were having, actually, as we were on a road trip, we were talking about the changes that had taken place in our family. And um, I write about this moment where my girls are singing in the background um, and I love my daughters and they love to sing joyfully to the Lord, but sometimes it's not always the most beautiful sound. (laughs) Um, But I'm up front and I'm just kind of letting them express their joy and their music. And, um, you know, Dr. Kathy talks a lot about the smarts and I definitely have some music smart children, but, uh, but he looks at me as he's driving and he's like, why are you like, you've changed. Normally I would be the one that's like, all right, guys, let's be quiet. Mommy needs Mm -hmm. a minute. And I still get like that sometimes. But, but anyways, he, we started this conversation about the changes that had taken place in our house and how, you know, we had a lot more paint projects and Mm -hmm. inventions gone wrong and microwaves that have to be replaced and (laughs) just funny stories. And he's like, it's kind of inconvenient though, right? It's more work for you. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I do know that it's more work, but I am fully convinced that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I believe as long as I keep the priority of, I want my kids to become who God created them to be. And I'm fully convinced that allowing them to really express and activate these qualities 
is helping them to become who God created them to be. Whether it's a, the next inventor or a homemaker, I don't know what God's plan is for their career, but I do know as a person, he wants them to thrive and to live abundant life. And so anyways, it was through this conversation that the inconvenient parenting kind of was birthed. Um, and that's John. He's a marketing <laughs> genius. And so he really hold on to that. And, and the Moody editors were like, are you sure it's kind of it's kind of a, you know, some people might be like, I don't want inconvenient parenting. But I think that, you know, all of us parents would agree. Yeah. You can't parent without being inconvenienced. Yeah, it's, if you want to be a good honest. Parent. Yeah, right. It's an honest look at parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I guess that that's my heart is I don't want to shy away from the hard and the messy mm-hmm. and the complicated. I mean, we I talk a lot about conversations and how they can get hard and messy. And that's also inconvenient sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to stop and have a serious spiritual conversation with your kid when the questions come up. But if we choose to, I believe God will honor that and they will continue to come to us with their, excuse me, with their questions. So that's kind of where the the inconvenient parenting idea came from. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I hope with our kids, the the bad end of it is just replacing microwaves when they grow up. Have you found, like, what have you seen change in your kids in implementing these 12 qualities? Well, I've seen a lot more joy, honestly, Mm -hmm. a lot more. It's hard to say, you know, specifically that it's just these 12 qualities. Mm -hmm. I think it's my whole outlook towards parenting and schooling, honestly. Um, But there's so much more freedom, not like free range. They have no boundaries or rules. Um, sometimes they think that that's true and I have to be, you know, no, that's God still wants us to have boundaries and discipline and authority. But I think that there's so much more joy. Yeah. They, they know where the craft box is and that they can make whatever they want within reason. They know what's on limits and what's off limits. Um, my son, he has had freedom to kind of experiment. He loves that. That's the microwave story. He was curious about, well, he had read somewhere or maybe seen a YouTube video. I don't know that you could light a light bulb, light bulb with microwaves. Oh. But he also knew that you can't put a light bulb inside of a microwave because it's got metal and it'll explode. So he was using his logic and he thought, well, let me pry the microwave door open so that the waves could come out. But, you know, it won't if the button on the side isn't pressed, it won't continue to run. And so he jimmied a, a knife into the door of the microwave. It worked. His sisters were super impressed. However, when he took the knife out, it still stayed pressed in and it would never like shut. And so he was working, you know, he was responsible and he's like, okay, I'll pay to fix it. Um, and so, but, but I've seen a lot more just risk taking in mm-hmm. a safe way, but willingness t- to try new things and experiment and, and be creative. And, and so as a mom, you know, again, it's messy sometimes and it's annoying when my microwave, I had to wait to get it replaced for a while, <laughs> but, um, but it's totally the sacrifice outweighs the cost in my opinion. You know, I, it's just brings me such joy to see them be able to express who God created them to be creative and messy and all. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. We often talk about how marriage is meant to reflect a picture of God's beautiful design and his interpersonal relationship within his, you know, triune self. Mm -hmm. How have you found that families are meant to do the same? Does this go beyond just like your nuclear family 
into family churches as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe that family was God's idea originally, Mm -hmm. you know, God created family. And so when we function in healthy families, we reflect the glory of God. When Mm -hmm. there is a mom and a dad who love and sacrifice and support each other, when there's a clear authority and and the way that things function, not that one is higher or better than the other, but there's clearly defined roles that God has created intentionally and with purpose. And then the children function under that and they grow up in a home with a mom and a dad that are seeking after the Lord and, and serving him, then it just trickles down. And I think healthy families make up healthy churches, right? And so Mm -hmm. as the church is surrounded by families that are working together to serve God and using their individual gifts, you know, one of the big things that we talk about with Celebrate Kids is that every child is created on purpose and with purpose. And every child has unique gifts. And in each family, you know, every child is created uniquely and differently. And so as as we as parents allow our children to express those gifts, we are being the body of Christ by letting them be who God created them to be and to function in the roles that he intends for them. And so I think it's a beautiful picture of the gospel of, of Jesus and, and his relationship with the church and into the family. So I'm a big fan. Obviously, I, I know that not all families are like that. There are a lot of different kinds of families. There are single moms that are doing the best they can to reflect Christ. And and I think there's got grace for differences. But if you're talking ideal, God's original perfect design, I think that that is the goal to strive for. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the terms in your books in your book is uh families are like little churches. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of along those lines, what is uh what is that um can you expand on that just a little yeah. bit? So again, it's funny. I feel like I should put my husband's name on the book with me because <laughs> we talk through a lot of this stuff, especially like I know the marketing and and the the PR part of it. He's so good at that, and that was one of the things that we talked about. And I can't remember who coined it first. You know, in like married life, you feel like you guys are one brain sometimes, and so mm-hmm. it was him. It was me. I don't know, but we were talking about that and how ideally, you know, that's our goal for our family is to be a little church where we are, you know growing in the Lord together, and we're being sent out as a little church, as a family. Mm-hmm. We really believe in serving um, our community and those, you know, those around us, those that God brings into our path. And so I guess that's kind of the idea of like families are little churches. They're, they're little places where we should grow in the Lord, that we should be discipled, where we um, then be are equipped to then be sent out to then mm-hmm. eventually I want my children to start their own little families that are little churches that then reflect Christ. And, you know, that's the idea, right? That we would generation after generation pass on the legacy of Christ. And so in your book, you have your, I think it's 12. Is that right? 12? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 12, 12. Yes. Um, And some of them maybe are words that kids that are younger may not know or understand. And even I'm thinking like one, like vitality, maybe even a teenager may not know that word. How can you affirm these 12 qualities in your children? And how have you affirmed these in your children, even if they may not know what it means? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, it starts with us as parents understanding and affirming them in ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We can't give what we don't possess. And so if I'm going to prioritize and value vitality, then I need to live with abundant life, with the joy for life, mm-hmm. a zest. You know, and I write in my in the chapter on vitality, that's another one that I really struggle with sometimes. Um, 
just getting caught in the mundane day to day and losing sight of just the excitement that we get to live in this world that God has created for us. And so I think as parents, if we can internalize these for ourselves and walk them out, our kids are going to follow our examples, whether we like it or not. And sometimes it can become a problem, right? Um, but if we're choosing to to value these 12, whether they know what it's called or not, they're going to do them. Um, yeah. And then also looking for opportunities to celebrate when they do exhibit those things. Um, curiosity, you know, they some of the words they probably know, but even little ones, they might not have the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But if we are cheering them on when they're asking good questions um, or any questions, uh, then we are encouraging it without even defining it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so have you, have you seen examples of ways that parents have maybe unknowingly discouraged these qualities, right? Or these key ingredients with their children? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could start by looking at myself, right? Even as I was reading about these and trying to implement them in our home, I realized when we're blowing and going busy, 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 nonstop, then I don't have the time to stop and marvel at the sunsets. Wonder is one of my favorite of the 12 qualities to really Mm. just spend time on because it's just marveling at God's creation. But when I'm going from one activity to the next and I'm so kind of tunnel visioned, I lose sight of Mm -hmm what's going on around me. Um, And so, you know, it's not a choice that I make knowingly, but I think unintentionally we just get busy. Also, we're distracted. I am the first to admit I can get so distracted by my my phone. Um, I love to read. And so even good things that I think are are good, I can prioritize over slowing down and and having conversations with my kids. There's a perfect example. The other day, my daughter is got my youngest daughter has finally gotten into Minecraft. I feel like I went Yikes. through it with all of my kids. <laughs> I know my 16 year old, he started it and then he's kind of phased out now my youngest one. But um, I was reading a book and I was really into it. And she's like, mommy, mommy, I want to show you this world that I built. Now I had this moment to go, no, I am. I don't want to, to be honest, it's not the most exciting thing, right? Like, you are 100% correct. <laughs> Like, I really, really don't want to, but I'm wanting her to continue to be excited to share things with me, to share her life with me, to share experiences. And so I chose to put my book down for a few minutes and say, mommy would love to see your new world for a little bit (laughs) because, you know, it could go on forever and ever. And so I could have said, no, I could have missed that opportunity to see the joy Mm -hmm. of her um, getting to experience to learn, oh my gosh, mom, look, I, when I do this, this happens. And and just seeing the way her little brain works and her inviting me into her thoughts and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times it, I say this not from a place of judgment because God knows that I struggle. We all are just trying to survive sometimes, but when I can zoom out and really keep my eyes on the big picture, the goal of what, what am I here for as mom to these kids? and it's to to shepherd them to the Lord and to help mm-hmm. them become who he's created them to be, then the lesser things don't matter as much. And I can yeah. choose to say yes more. But a lot of times as parents, we can get so bogged down. Like I said, it discouraged and it's easy to lose sight of what the big picture is. And so I'm a big proponent of spending time with the Lord every morning on my face, reminding myself, mm-hmm who he is and who I am and what my purpose is. Because when I don't get that right, then I 
kind of don't get anything else right, you know? Yeah. But it's hard and it takes time. Yeah. I think like looking at these 12 ingredients, I can already see the ones that stick out to me as like, ooh, I'm not good at that. (laughs) Imagination and playfulness. I'm so bad at those. I just, I don't know if I like ran my imagination out when I was a child. And so I just don't have one anymore. You know what? Research supports that. And I talk about that in the book. It's so sad because kindergartners, their imagination is like genius level when they start. And by the time they're in high school, it's like nothing. And part of it, I think, is that we, we do, we, we run in out of them. We focus so much on memorizing facts and learning Mm -hmm. and less on creative play and imagination that we we do we squash it right out of ourselves so you're not alone (laughs) yeah and I'm a pretty like facts oriented person so I'd make a lot of sense that's like I'm more I find myself more leaning towards like facts and things like that so it makes sense but I have a hard time being playful and imaginative with Mm -hmm. our son because he is two and a half and so you we're at the stage where you have to do it with him he's not quite doing it by himself and I'm not yeah and his his creativity just kind of like off the charts right he'd just be like let's go play in bed and pour water on our heads you know like something (laughs) weird like that i'm like um okay maybe Uh we can do like half of those things (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, well and that's another i was sorry to interrupt another good point is that you know imagination looks different for different people Mm -hmm. Uh, and playfulness even like Mm -hmm. i am more like you i'm very facts and Mm -hmm. um my husband is the opposite and so for him playfulness is like making huge messes and being silly water fights. And I'm like, hey, let's play a board game or like trivia. <laughs> like yeah. for me, that's fun. For him, that's like doing school and he thinks that's silly. And so <laughs> yeah. one of the things that I talk about is that, you know, just because my playfulness doesn't look like his doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not there. And that, and even as we look at our kids, you know, we, we may have kids that are more studious and serious and mm-hmm. think, oh gosh, they don't have playfulness. But if we can ask good questions and find out what is fun to them, it may not be what is fun to their brother or sister, but we can still encourage their unique gifted of playfulness. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it comes out in like different ways for each parent, like you're saying. Right. Like I was playing with paints with our son a couple weeks ago and I was like, who cares? You're painting like you're having fun. And he's mixing all the colors. I don't really care. Who cares? Just paint. Yeah. Okay, if you like it being brown and all the colors mixed, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then he stops and says, daddy doesn't let me (laughs) I was like oh I just broke a rule and I didn't know but it's just that's like different right different types of but Eddie is so much better at like you know imaginative play in that way I may be more better at like messy play like sure go play in the mulch I don't care I'll just wash you off later and Eddie is so much better at like creative play with like building things and characters and planes and trains where I'm not as good as that and it just shows up in different ways but it's all you know building his building him up building his brain and his you know his creativity and his imagination in different ways right and most importantly it's their relationship I think you Mm -hmm. know we can talk about specific tools that you can use to kind of increase these different qualities but the root of all of it is relationship it's Mm -hmm. quality time with our kids yeah and that's sometimes the most inconvenient thing for parents Mm -hmm. to just make time to be with our kids so whether it's mixing up all the paints to make brown or (laughs) telling fantastic stories with all these characters what he especially at two is remembering is like mom and dad are with me and spending time with me and prioritizing me and that is the most important thing yeah and I'm thinking about how you wrote a book called inconvenient parenting during COVID like the most inconvenient time that like (laughs) most of us are going to (laughs) remember especially for those who 
are like have kids of like schooling age where they're not at home and they don't have a structure or like they have a structure already of school right. and now they're at home and it's like, well, like what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> or like yeah. you're home way more often and how inconvenient that is because as parents, mm-hmm. our time was like taken away, like our free time or our time to organize or to clean or whatever was or to work. Yeah, to work for us. Yeah. was taken away because now our kids are at home and how just, a, it was just a, it seems to be a really, um, maybe specials right where like special time that you wrote about inconvenient parenting in a way that parents yeah. have been experiencing parenting being in inconvenient in like really big ways in the last three years yeah I guess it was like God was saying just embrace it right like yeah. it is what it is yeah. it's gonna be inconvenient just embrace it we were fortunate you know we were already homeschooling before mm-hmm. we were but it was still different my oh, husband yeah. was on the road all the time and all of a sudden he's at home and he's working on Zoom calls all day. And I'm having to keep the kids quiet in the small yeah. house while we're trying to do school. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, like time for me to write was, mm-hmm. it was difficult to kind of sneak away time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, it wasn't just me too. I'm looking at my friends mm-hmm. and saying, we're all having to just accept the fact that it's going to be inconvenient. And I think there's such a big power in our mindset shifts. If we can instead of thinking of it as a negative thing, but seeing it as a gift, it really helps change. At least for me, it changes my attitude towards it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my my background, I have a master's in mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of work with um, cognitive behavioral therapy and, and teaching people how to change the way that they think. And it is very powerful and it's biblical. God says we should take our thoughts captive and filter them th- through the truth of his word. But I think that just that shift in our minds of inconvenient parenting as a gift instead of a burden Mm -hmm. really helps to make us enjoy the season of parenting because look, it goes fast. And I know I was told when my son was two years old, cherish it. Mm -hmm. It's going to fly by. And I really feel like I tried as best as I could to really enjoy every moment, but he's going to be a senior next year and he's going to be gone. And, and I really didn't realize how fast it went until it's gone. And I look back and I now I have an eight-year-old and I'm like, you will not grow up. You will stay my baby forever. <laughs> yeah. She still is allowed to come get in my bed and snuggle with me. And my husband's like, she's eight years old. She does not need to be in bed. I'm like, no, she's going to She snuggle. won't want to be in my bed anymore. <laughs> yes. Let them snuggle as long as they want because soon they won't want to. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. With our me being pregnant with our second, I keep looking at our two-year-old I'm like wait why are you so big wait I'm about to have like a tiny baby and like yeah. it's just making me realize how he's like grown and I'm like wait mm-hmm. you can't grow up anymore I know that my first two were two years apart also so I had that same like he was two when Maddie was born and it seemed like overnight he went from my baby to this like yeah. almost self-sufficient little man <laughs> yeah that happen yeah, like I can like ask him to do stuff for me now like hey can you go get this for me like sure yeah he's like basically conversational now <laughs> oh, I'm like yeah. what how do you know these words and how do you know what yeah. these words mean yes <laughs> yeah it's Which bittersweet makes... though right yeah like it's cute it, it's exciting to see them learn new stuff and yeah and become the people that God created them to be but it's also sad because you want them to stay your little babies yes but now that he's like able to like be in conversation with them like with us I'm like wait I want to do all these like 12 key ingredients more now that I can hear and see him experiencing them and being a part of them and growing in all of these it's like making me more feel more invigorated to do that than like if they're smaller and they're not doing as much yeah it's true and it's and as you see 
him experience the world, it just makes you more excited to him to do more experiencing. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about the first time we took Joey on a family trip and my husband loves to travel. He could not sit still. Like I'm a homebody, leave me at home all day long and I'm perfectly content, but he loves to be on the road. But Joey was probably like 18 months old and we were going to go on our first family trip. And I'm like, you know, mom brain thinking of all the millions of things you have to take with them. And just like, just the stress. I'm already stressed Mm -hmm. before we even start on this trip. And, (laughs) but I'll never forget the first time that we did. And he was like, we went to Disney. We're in Florida. So we're Florida people and it was convenient. Somebody got us tickets. And so we went and I was thinking like, this is silly. He's so little. He'll never remember it. You know, all the things. But we get there and just watching him with his eyes wide open, taking everything in, mm-hmm. it was like that moment I was like, yes, I don't want to say no to a trip if we have the opportunity because yeah. he may not remember that, but I will never forget the awe in his eyes and the mm-hmm. excitement and the experience and the the joined family kind of culture that we started to establish as we were taking family trips together more. Um yeah, I write about that. It was stressful at the beginning and I was very much not for it, but I'm so glad my husband pushed me to because those are the memories that I have now as I look at him getting ready to, you know, tour colleges. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad we took the trips. I'm glad that I slowed down to watch him take in the world around him. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, I think a similar experience we had was the first time we took our son on an airplane and, you know, we were both freaked wow. out, like just oh, yeah. horror stories of kids Mm -hmm. on planes and crying and yelling and uh for the most part it was great um up until the very end where he was just kind of exhausted and wanted to sleep and immediately as soon as we got off the plane he was like asleep (laughs) in lauren's arms but now he loves planes Mm -hmm. and since then we've gone on maybe two or three different trips on planes and he to this day talks about the entire process of going on a trip, right? So we would like drop off our car at a parking lot and a shuttle bus will come pick us up. And then we the bus will take us to the airplane and you, you, vividly, right? It's been like almost a year since we wow. went on a trip together as a family and he still recalls this stuff. And kind of like what you're saying, I'm going to remember that probably like for the rest of my life. He might not, but I will. I'm going to remind him like, hey, when you were like two years old, you used to talk about planes like nonstop, <laughs> yeah. nonstop. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just like, again, really cool because at first we were just really stressed out about, you know, being on a plane with him. And now he is like looking forward to the next time we can go on a plane as a family. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What is one thing that you would want every kid to know about first developing these key ingredients in their personal nuclear families, but also in the family, in the family of God? That's a great question. Um, I think kind of like what we talked about earlier, that not everybody's going to look the same for all 12 of these qualities Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, And so just every child needs to know that they are created uniquely and with purpose and that God has a plan for them and that these 12 qualities are part of God's plan for them, that he can help them become who they're created to be. Um, And so they have a place and they have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And especially within the church body, even every child has gifts and talents they can use right now to support Mm -hmm. the church family and the kingdom of God. Um, You know, no child is too young to be able to glorify God in the way that he's created them to be. Mm. Um, And so that's, that's kind of my, my one thing that I would love kids to walk away knowing that like they have a purpose 
God has yeah. a plan for them and that they're, they may not look like their sibling or their neighbor or their friend, but that's okay because God created us all uniquely um, gifted for purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Melissa, your new book with Moody Publishers can be found at what is it, moodypublishers.org.com? Uh, moodypublishers.com. Moodypublishers.com and probably wherever you can get your books at bookstores and Amazon, all those fun places. Yeah. So for our listeners, we would highly encourage you to go find Inconvenient Parenting by Melissa Hannigan, our wonderful guest today. And thanks again so much for being with us and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and just your experience in, in raising your kids with us. Well, thank you so much. It's been a joy to be on here with you guys and get to know you. And I'm so excited to see what God does with your family and your yeah. newest little one. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Definitely looking forward to reading your book. As a Moody Publisher employee, I get a free copy. So <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely, uh, we, will, we will probably be definitely yeah. reading that together mm-hmm. because um, just very encouraged by our conversation today. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Melissa, are you on social media? Is there a way people can... Uh, or do you write or do you blog? People can find you on the interwebs. Yes, I haven't blogged in a while, but with celebratekids.com, they can go to that website. Um, Ignite the Family, we're kind of doing this like dual thing, but they might merge to be one. So, um, but Celebrate Kids and Ignite the Family social medias is mostly where they can find me. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> like, I guess I should maybe get an author page. I don't know. But right now, <laughs> I'm just a mom who's living yes. her life. <laughs> doing the best i can so yeah awesome so with uh with all of our episodes we'd like to uh close off with a benediction uh, so if you would join us in that to him who is able to do far more than we can understand may he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love god above all else and love others as themselves go in peace Thanks again, Melissa, for joining us. And thank you to the listener for joining us for this episode. Episodes drop every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that will drop right into your feed. You don't have to go anywhere. It just downloads right there. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks. Bye.